Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Begging Boardcast, episode number 297. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is The List, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out April 6th. And we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week, it's the second part of our Bagden Broadcast March Madness comic book creator craze. We're taking a look at the artists this time. Yeah. Will an independent artist actually win out? Who knows? No, that would never happen, Paul. Oh, uh, yeah. Wait a second. Let's see. Let's see. We, we got our brackets in front of us. We, we, we'll have a furious debate uh, coming up in the main topic. But you know what we can't debate about? The level of chocolate in this beer. That's right. And uh, what are we drinking, Paul? We're drinking toasted coconut chocolate porter from Kel, Caldera uh, Kettle Series uh, from Kel, Caldera Brewing Company out of Ashland, Oregon. I've had one or two of their beers. I don't think we've had anything on the show from them. Yeah. Um, this isn't bad. This is a nice chocolatey porter. Uh, it does say drink fresh, don't age on this. Um, we're not exactly sure when it was bottled. Um, but, I mean, if it lost any smoke, it actually maybe did it a favor because I enjoy the chocolateness of this beer. Not too much coconut, but the coconut might help round out that chocolate. In now, I'm very afraid because I'm seeing a bottle date of 2014 on here. <laughs> Let's see. So so how fresh is it? So how fresh is it? And I bought it just like, uh, well, you were just like two, three weeks ago uh, off the store shelves. So it's not like it does say 4-4-2014. Four, four, so it's not like I aged it. Or forgot about it in my cellar. This is this is a uh, this is something that they pulled a prank on me apparently on, uh, April, at the April Fools. Yeah, uh, for at the uh, at the beer store that I go to. This was from Premier too, so I'm kind of I'm kind of upset. Little miffed. Yeah, because I'm like wondering why I'm not getting any kind of coconut and why I'm not getting any kind of real good any big porter kind of flavor on it. Yeah, and uh, it's all chocolate. It's nice and smooth and it's I chocolate have. milk coconut like on my tongue now but it's just i mean it's because i took a sip like a minute ago yeah and now i'm tasting mm-hmm. uh well that kind of sucks it's still good though it's okay but man i i thought i was buying a fresh beer yeah you know when i buy it when i take it off the store shelves so yeah so uh buyer beware people uh I think that's something we always talk about. We, sh- we really, I should get a lot better about checking the uh, dates on these bottles here. But I think that's something we probably like talked to ourselves about before, and we just don't do it. Like I know I don't. Like if I see something I want, I'm just like, oh, cool. Yeah, and also we already have like six, you know, things of beer in our hands, and we're like, ooh, well, I was running, I was just coming in here to grab like one thing for the podcast, and, and then suddenly you have like four different things in your hands, so you, now you can't even check the dates because yeah. you're just like putting it underneath your armpit and like trying to. Hold- keep it from falling onto the ground as you like waddle up to the cash register whenever i buy like a 12 pack it's usually because i'm going to a party or something that's the only Mm -hmm. time i really try to find and look for what season this came out in because you can if you're not paying attention you're going to buy that you know that winter pack that came out in september and you're gonna like oh geez all these beers suck um what i like about otter creek and uh, no, not our creek. Smutty nose uh-huh. is they stamp it right in the box when these beers 
were brewed. Nice. Um, so you can always kind of say like, oh, that that'll be fresh. That won't be fresh. Mm-hmm. But I have a problem that in my store, I keep trying to talk to the distributors to pull yeah, really yeah. bad stuff. They finally took Mary Mischief off the shelves. Oh, jeez. Hey. That ain't finally. selling. It's not going to sell. It's not going to sell. Even though it Fuck did it. snow here last night. <laughs> we got, yeah, spoilers, uh, too. It won't sell this year, either, when it comes out. Oh. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Sorry, that beer, it just, it's not what it needs to be anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Chris, what are you drinking? Uh, my beer is one I've actually had for a couple weeks now. I've been looking forward to trying this. And this is actually from Magic Hat Brewing, and this is their limited release We Heavy Champ Scotch Ale. Um, Magic Hat's always kind of one of those, not go to breweries, but they're a good standby. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of their stuff, it's really drinkable. It is pleasant. It's nice. Um, I mean, dollar for dollar, they're a brewery that if I see them somewhere in Bargatory, yeah, like I'll I'll get something from them. Uh, I've never seen them actually do like a bomber sized limited release bottle for for so that's actually what really caught my attention with this one, um, and also the fact that it was a Scotch ale because I love me a Scotch ale. Uh-huh. Um, and I have to say, this one for like the eight dollars or whatever I spent for the bottle, not bad. Um, it's got what you look for in a scotch ale. It's got that nice kind of like crispness, but then you get that malty like caramel on the back end. It's very drinkable. I've already polished off half my bomber, and we just started talking, what, like 10? 26 minutes ago. Yeah, 26 minutes ago. <laughs> I can uh, look at the call time. That's how I... <laughs> Paul's just that good. He's a, yeah. he's a human uh, stopwatch. Yep. <laughs> I, I enjoy this. It's not going to be a go-to. Like If I see this again, I might pick it up just to sit on it, age it for a while. I wouldn't take this before um, something like the Great Divide. What was that? The Claymore? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Claymore or even like Founders. Like Dirty, the Bastard. Dirty Bastard. I mean, yeah. that's, that's always going to be delicious, and I can even get that down here. But yeah, you know what? For someone that doesn't really do beers like this i have to say like magic hat hey good good job now, magic hat is the team is the uh kid in that when you're pill- uh, picking teams for dodgeball you're not picking them last but you're definitely not picking them first no yeah uh i actually emailed the brewery about this beer uh-huh um just because i was interested to know like how long we could age it right um because it's it's a pretty high alcohol and we like scotch ales and I thought, uh, how oh, much is it? Because I was looking for that on the bottle. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I didn't see what it was. Um, I don't remember now. I'd, you, I should have, have looked it on tapped when yeah. I checked into it. You think brewers don't like this? You know, uh, just talking about cellaring, like you know, because I've heard the term cellar rat before, and you know, I would have to describe myself as a cellar rat. That there's some beers that, okay, yeah, this should be cellared, but then the, you know, if we 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 are who we are. We, we age a little too much, <laughs> too too many things, you know, things that people don't want, to, you know. And that's uh, where brewers don't uh, want people to. It's 8%, Chris. Okay, that's thank you. Um, but I, I, I emailed them and I said, hey, is this something that you guys want us to drink fresh? I do a lot of cellaring. How, you know, hmm. how long would you think if I did cellar this would go in there? And I actually got an uh, email back from the brewer hmm. um, just saying, like, some beers are meant to be aged. This one could age. I wouldn't age it longer than two years, but mm-hmm. every bottle is going to have a different kind of conditioning to it, so it might not come out good, but it mm-hmm. 
it may. You know, okay. it's a live animal. As long as you keep it in the right parameters of cellaring, you could do it. And I thought it was really nice to get mm-hmm. that back from, from them. It's like when we got the teriyaki from yeah. Otter Creek. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it tastes like teriyaki. It's gone bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, yep, nope, it's not supposed to taste like that. Sorry. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was kind of fun to get that email back from the head brewer. Yeah. When I emailed uh, about the uh, Wookie Jack, he was like, yeah, no, that's you drink that now, kid. Don't Don't wait on that. Drink it now. Yeah. And talking about uh, things that aren't uh, good if you sit on them, the news. The news. I'm sorry, Chris. What were you? Were you? No, I, was, I can't remember. Was did I email Otter Creek about the Russian Imperial? Like it was a while ago. Now was it? I think you. Did, I think you did. You just sent them to say like, "Hey, are we going to get it this year?" And they were like, "I, I, no I didn't just email them asking a question. It was like an impassioned plea. <laughs> like I vaguely remember writing it because it was after we recorded. So yeah, we we were <laughs> drinking a lot. But I think I was, like, begging them, like, just to consider it. So, hey, we got it again. You guys are welcome. Thanks, Chris. You did it. You it was so good, too. It Goodness. is good. But news. I don't want to sit on that. No, don't want to sit on that. And, uh... Might be full of nails. <laughs> might be. But uh, one of the things we should talk about real quick is uh, if you're big beer fans like we are... Uh, two big beer releases coming out in your area or have already been released in your area. Founders, KBS. KBS came out Yep, uh, April Fool's Day. Here in our area. Chris, you're saying it might be coming in tomorrow. Or, no, or, two, in two Mondays, he said. Oh, yeah, two in Mondays. two Mondays, so next week. Yeah, so get to your local brewer, brewer, beer store of choice and ask them about uh, KBS. And also, while you're there, ask them when they're going to receive Dogfish Head 120 Minute. Yeah, it should be mid-April. It should actually be when Chris gets his yeah. when Chris hey. gets his, uh, his KBS. We'll be getting our Dogfish Head. So start budgeting now if you need if that's a thing for you guys or uh, just a friendly reminder from yeah. here. And when you do go to buy your 120... They keep it a lot of times. They keep it behind the counter because they don't want anyone messing with them. But look at the condition that it's being kept in. Is it sitting in the light? Because uh, a local beer store here will have it behind the counter, right in front of a giant window mm-hmm. that's just shining light and heat onto those bottles. So please be careful about. Where, uh, where and how you no, John. Beer is a living organism. It needs light to uh, survive through photosynthesis and such. So I put I, all my beer out in the sun. I don't. I don't want to drink anything that you're aging. Then that's that's the only way I can drink my Coronas. <laughs> Ugh. My Coronas. Terrible, terrible <laughs> beer. Do you know, like our dramatic reading? That's yeah. how I. <laughs> that's why I picked it. <laughs> Uh, we'll get to that dramatic reading in a well, little bit. I don't want to say you've just influenced my reading of it because I have something in mind, but oh. you may have just done that. <laughs> we could do two takes. We'll do two it's, takes. We'll do. We'll, let's do two. Yeah, we'll do two. Then the listeners can decide which one they like better. Uh, in talking about April Fools, I sent to you guys uh, the my favorite April Fools that came out this year. Huh. Uh, this came to us from Bruce Campbell, oh. uh, and he put out that he will be playing Doctor Who. Uh, After more than 50 years adventuring through time, space, and the United Kingdom, 
The Doctor is finally coming to America. Doctor Who, Bruce Campbell as the Doctor. <laughs> and it's a very Jersey-looking Doctor. <laughs> It's got the... I'd be, I would be okay with this though because I want a doctor that's finally just in over his head. <laughs> but you know he's got a he's got a blue um, sport coat on with a TARDIS pin. He's holding the uh, uh, sonic screwdriver. It looks more like a sonic hammer though. You know, it looks like a little hammer there. Uh, I don't know. And then uh, in the background is a Dalek silhouette of like space with a black outline. I just thought this was really fun, and he tweeted mm-hmm. this out. Because, um, yeah, we were talking about before the show, anytime uh, a news article comes out on April 1st, you just you can't pay any attention yeah. to it. you got to wait till the next day to see if it's actually real, because people are well, jerks. Yeah. One, of my, one of my favorites, and Paul, I don't know if you have a favorite, so you can use this time to decide, oh. uh, was actually from Blizzard Entertainment, who does games like World of Warcraft, Hearthstone, Overwatch, you know, basically any game you would play on a computer ever and probably have played. Uh, they announced that they were putting out the Hearthstone MMO, oh. which they're just calling uh, World of Warcraft. Nice. So yeah. Uh, they put up a fun little video about that, and that just kind of teased me even more into being like, man, I really want to play WoW again. I know we talked about it like a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago on an odd episode, but Paul, I've been researching World of Warcraft lore now. Uh-oh. Just to get like the story aspects, to like, get those under my belt. Well, you're going to be ready I for the movie. Come- do get back into it. Uh-huh. You're going to be ready for the movie when it comes out then. Actually, I really am. Um Lexi and I were talking about movies the other day, and she was like, I think I want to go see Warcraft. I was like, I kind of do, too. The last trailer for it was really good. Yeah, it does look good. I mean, it looks visually good. Uh Like, they did a good job visually Uh with it. (laughs) I think my favorite April Fool's Day prank is you guys trying to convince me that World of Warcraft movie is going to be something (laughs) worth watching. I don't... I don't don't think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be, like entertaining at least it's gonna be the magic hat of movies <laughs> hey, you know what hey if, if it's the magic hat of movies that just means i'll go see any other movies that they come out with because like i'll be like yeah it wasn't bad wasn't the worst multi <laughs> wasn't the worst thing i spent my money on no i've spent my money on some pretty bad movies but paul you won't I'm- be seeing uh, Warcraft when it comes out. You're actually going to be at the theaters, though. Oh, yeah. Because you're going to be seeing Now You See Me Too. Oh, Now You See Me Too. Yeah, that's... Hey, that's Daniel Radcliffe's in it, so yeah. I will probably go see that one, too. Yeah. Daniel Radcliffe's great. You know, he can do uh, Black Alicious's Alphabet Aerobics. He's the only person in the movie that can actually do magic, but they won't let him. <laughs> uh, what What other news do we have, guys? Hey, Batman Superman came out. What? They did? Yeah. Yeah, we didn't get a chance to talk about it last week because, I'm sorry, I derailed us into talking about Rebirth. No, that was good. I think everybody liked our discussion about Rebirth. No, and actually, after talking about that, now I'm really looking forward to a lot of those books. Rebirth does look good. But we already talked about that. Dawn of Justice. Dawn. And some people liked it. Yeah, enough people liked it to uh, get it to have a, to have an opening weekend of one hundred and sixty six million dollars domestically, which is uh, more than the third Batman movie. Yeah, and, Batman: uh, Dark Knight Rises. In just what you said, two or three million under Iron Man three opening. Yeah, 
So, it, so for a, the Batman franchise, it's I think the right now it's like the fifth biggest Batman movie out of all the Batman movies. So it's I but it's think, probably one of the better performing Superman movies, though. <laughs> yeah, probably. It, granted, it's you know the news articles are all saying it's having the one of the largest drop second weekend drop offs of all time. Uh, it lost it. It's the estimate right now from Box Office Mojo that's bringing in only about fifty two million. But I, I mean that's which is a sixty sixty eight percent drop off. Yeah, but have they made how much? How many millions opening weekend? Hundred and sixty six. Hundred and sixty six. Yeah, I I think this is just a case of it overperforming right when it came out, and now everyone's already seen it. Like it's not getting that repeat viewing. Um, and as someone that was really excited for this movie, I went to see it um, Easter Sunday. Like, it was a packed theater. Like, there was a ton of people there. After watching it, though, I don't feel the need to see it again anytime soon. Mm. Um, which kind of put, puts me in, like, the middle of the road on it. Because mm. I really didn't have, like, that strong love or hate for it. Because people are, like, shooting a lot of venom at this movie, and... I enjoyed it for what it was. I wish it could have been a little bit something different. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to talk too much about it since you guys haven't seen it. But well, we, yeah, I, it was entertaining. I I enjoyed watching it, but I don't know if I liked it. You also have petition going against petition because there's people who signed a petition to get Zack Snyder off of the series and not do Justice League. And then there's another See, pe- <sighs> there's another petition going on like, no, you should keep you should keep him on. Here's, they like here's the, the thing, too. Like That's stupid yeah. because Warner Brothers isn't going to be like, oh, this movie was the top performer like for the past week. It's done insanely well, Like mm-hmm. despite critics like tearing it apart. like it. I forget what it's at on Rotten Tomatoes. And I know that's like it's all just opinion. Like you mm-hmm. make your decisions for yourself, but it's at like a 20 percent from like actual critical rating. Uh, yeah, but and, I I don't think it deserves that low of a score. But you, you go into it with what you go into it with, you know, your expectations, your love of the art form, your love of the original media. Like it means something to everybody, and that's going to be different from person to person. I I don't think Warner Brothers is going to look at how this movie's performing dollar wise and say like, yeah, sorry, some people online are like. They don't want to see you do it, Zack Snyder, when he he delivers for them. That's why he gets to keep making movies. They perform well. They have those fan followings. Mm-hmm. They they get that support. Plus, it's all money numbers. It would cost them more to get rid of him and then hire someone else to come in and do those. Mm-hmm. The only thing they would do is make sure, hey, make it more fun, make it more this, make it the way people want to see these movies uh and with that suicide squad going yeah. back on the chopping block and they're going to be editing and filming new stuff for the movie to make sure that it's more fun okay uh i think they said like the uh, the the amount of comedy that you see in the movie is actually what you see in the trailers okay so they want to maybe put that in a little bit more because people might be going to see it because they think it's going to be fun. See, it it was rough seeing a Batman and Superman movie with no heart to it. 
Right. Because I because I love Batman. I mean, mm-hmm. Superman. I'm taking him or leave him, but I am a huge unabashed Batman fan. Uh, there's like a couple good moments in this movie. Um, and a lot of it comes just from Jeremy Irons as Alfred. Like, I think he was awesome. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could go into a Suicide Squad movie with characters that I really just don't care about and have that same kind of experience. Like, it needs something else. And having seen Deadpool, uh, actually when I was in Buffalo with my mom, I'm not a Deadpool fan at all. Like, I do not buy Deadpool. I don't read Deadpool. If Deadpool's in something, I'm just kind of like, eh. Uh, I, I love that movie. Like, my mom loved Deadpool, and she went in with nothing. <laughs> but Deadpool's allowed to be that character and make the, the, make the jokes that the audience would make themselves. Like, okay, oh, we're going to see Professor Xavier? Wait, are we talking about uh, Patrick, Stewart. Patrick Stewart? Or blah, blah, blah. Or, uh, James, McAvoy. James McAvoy. I always get the, you know, well, these professors confused. As soon as this movie starts, it's just a scroll through the car in slow motion as it's flipping and putting up the, you know, the title, you know, the actors who are in it and uh-huh. everything. And there's 10 jokes in not even 30 seconds, huh. you know, like yeah, it's, the, the credits, they don't actually give you the actor's names. It's like the handsome guy, probably <laughs> a British villain. You know, <laughs> but guess it. Like com- it doesn't tell you who's actually in the movie right. at all. Computerized superhero. And then while you're in there, you see, like, Deadpool's giving a guy a wedgie. You see a coffee cup that has, um... Rob, it says, like, Rob L. Rob L. on it. Like, there's tons of little mm-hmm. Easter egg and jokes in the first 30 seconds of the movie. Why Why? Why would Rob Lowe be a joke in the Deadpool oh. movie? Oh. Oh. oh, Rob Liefeld. Oh. Anyways, uh, back to Suicide Squad, though. These are characters that nobody cares about. I mean, besides Harley Quinn, nobody is clamoring for a Deadshot or Killer Croc movie. You know, where are the people wearing Enchantress t-shirts or Katana shirts out on the street? You don't see that. Even before the Deadpool movie, people had that blind kind of Deadpool love. (laughs) Deadpool is kind of that character now, like Batman or Superman, that where people see... Like that merchandise, like, hey, I love Deadpool. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm, I'm more accustomed to that now than I am with people being able to actually, you know, talk about and discuss the comics with me. Because I used to be whenever I would see someone wearing, you know, that Batman shirt, I'd be like, oh, what, do you, what do you think of Judd Winnick's run on it? You know, like, like and, and then people would just be like, what? I know now that I can't do that with like everybody because people don't read that. And, he, and especially with Deadpool. Yeah. But um, we're talking about the heart. And, you know, I, so I always go back to the Justice League cartoons, right? Right. Like, because that had a lot of heart. But the, the episodes that had the most heart were the other characters, you know, because Batman was a stoic guy and Superman was always, like, just doing whatever he needed to get Boy done. Scout. It was So it's the other characters that brought heart to the Justice League. So if we get into this Justice League movie and the Flash... Or somebody else isn't bringing it, then I'm going to be extremely worried for the franchise on a whole. Because okay, a Batman versus Superman movie doesn't sound like there's going to be a lot of. It, they're not going to settle their differences over a cup of coffee, and just like have a heart to heart on on a park bench. They're not going to have that Step Brothers like, moment when they're like, "What? 
You like Raptors too? Best friends. Yeah, or be like they're throwing punches at each other and be like, this is for my dead mom. And then, uh, John, I want to say after Superman. you see it, let's do a nod episode. <laughs> like a review, like just like discussion because... And they sit on a park bench. We, I think, I think we'll have like things to talk about. Yes, like, I, I don't think it needs to like dominate any other time on like the show. Ba- Bagged and bored prime. <laughs> like it, it could be a hot episode where we just like talk about it for like 10, 20 minutes. That sounds good. What else we got for news? Mm, nothing, nothing, nothing. Anyone else got any news? I, I really didn't. Well, then let's open up. A list of books that we are looking forward to coming out April 6, 2016. Paul, what are you going to read? Uh, I know there's a bunch of books. I, there's there's a whole Panther? bunch of books. Is it Poe Dameron? It's, it might be all those books. And it's, well, it's one that I already have paid for and pre-ordered from Amazon, and it's going to be... Uh, oh, it's Batman and Robin Eternal. <laughs> yeah, that's also that. How many of those have you read? Zero. No! <laughs> you read five of them. I read five. Yes, you're right. I did read five of them. <laughs> felt like one. <laughs> uh, felt like zero. Yeah. You said zero. I couldn't even remember. Is that the one where Stephanie Brown learns that her dad's codemaster? Yes. Yeah. No, that's that's the other one. That's the other Batman Eternal. Uh, no, uh, probably it's going to be the Wonder Woman, Earth One Wonder Woman, uh, written by... Uh, Grant Morrison. Wait, you're looking forward to a Grant Morrison book? I know. Twist. Oh my goodness. And, it, uh, it, it's probably because of someone on art, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Yannick Paquette on art, who I, uh, fell in love with doing, uh, Swamp Thing after the New 52. One of the, also one of the shining, mo- mo- shining, uh, moments of the New 52. Yeah. Also one of those shining moments of us just getting to, uh, talk to him at the Boston Comic Con. Yeah. <laughs> he was one of our... He's probably one of my favorite people that we've talked to. Mm-hmm. Not like because I was, I, I enjoyed his artwork, but because he just, of the content that he filled yeah. and like how he spoke and he was open to everything. Yeah. Wait, was that Boston? I'm sorry. It uh, might have been. That, I think it was Toronto. We might have okay, talked to him in Boston and then again in Toronto. No, we didn't talk to him in Boston. Uh, we, we talked, talked to him on Stefan Rue. Stefan Rue, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, you, you, you get confused when the guy has an accent. I understand, Chris. We talked to Scotty Young in Boston. Uh-huh. And Cliff Chang. We had a lot of good interviews in Boston. Well, this is a great episode. Hey, everyone, go back to uh, the back catalog. Go back to our back issues and find out what... Uh, I think that was episode, like, 121 or, like, 120 or something. This, this is the Boston Comic-Con one. That was solid. Chris, what's hey. your solid pick for this week? All right. Uh, last week, I didn't have anything. Uh... Because everything is actually coming out this week. And there's a lot of stuff that I'm looking forward to. Uh, so I'm going to ask you guys, should I be looking forward to an independent book, a Marvel book, or a DC book? Well, John's picking an independent book. I picked a DC book. So why don't you look forward to a Marvel book? Okay, so... Two, three, four, five. John, pick a number from one through five. Yeah, I'm buying five Marvel books this week. John, John is very meticulously pouring five. our next beer as if five. He, he's a he's doing like a what is it a titration? It, well, you know when you have to uh, take the take acid and put it into a ba- you know and mix it with a base where you have you know 
Centrifuge. No, not centrifuge. That, that's the only science word I know. Oh. Besides molybdenum, so which is my favorite element to say. Hmm, uh, but so Marvel book number five is actually Star Wars Poe Dameron number one, written by Charles Soule with art by Phil Noto. Hmm. Uh, Poe Dameron was probably one of my favorite parts of Star Wars The Force Awakens. Um, the Star Wars comic books coming out from Marvel was one of my favorite things from the past year. So you put those two things together. I'm definitely there. Um, Charles Soule has sold himself, pun, as a solid character writer for the past few years over at Marvel. Um, Paul, that's really what, what brought him you to, to your favorite. Poe Dameron. Oh, cool. I want to read that. <laughs> uh, and, like, Paul, you love Charles Soule. Like, uh-huh. He's one of your go-to writers now. Um, and then art by Phil Noto, who can do fantastic like um, recreations of Ooh. actual like characters and actors and people, uh, so he's going to bring a sense of life to this book that I think is going to be fantastic. But yeah, this is going to be um, a backstory leading into uh, the First Order. <clears throat> we, get, we get a little bit more of a history about everything because obviously, even though the Rebels won. Mm-hmm. Stuff still went down. Yeah, yeah, to set up the first order, and also is is this going to bridge the gap that we got from Shattered Empire to to the movie? Um, I'm I'm oh, guessing it'll lead into it a little bit. Like it doesn't say exactly like what it's going to say, but this is uh, Poe's mission from Leia Organa Solo. Mm. So ah, I think we'll we'll find some of it will we'll get hints I don't know how much of that they really want to release now because who knows what's going to be happening in episode 8 or 9 or yeah. even what other comic books we might be getting down the road mm-hmm. I'm just happy for everything and whatever we get about Star Wars right now uh, John <clears throat> you're excited about all the Star Wars <laughs> I do and I agree completely I'm going to go take my wife to see Star Wars tomorrow because it's at the super cheap theaters $2.50 can we just talk about okay I know this is something we discussed a little bit before show but uh-huh. Star Wars is coming out on DVD this week yes. it's already available on iTunes for streaming uh-huh. it's still in theaters yes the, well, the, second, the second run theater yeah it I this is the second time. Literally, just it, saw it like on the marquee at another theater, though, like two weeks ago. Yeah, like this, this movie's got legs, and Ooh. I'm kind of worried about Rogue One now because it's going to get swallowed up by Star Wars still being in the theaters. I well, I think people what love. Have Poe you Dan. seen about Rogue One besides like the cast pictures so far? Yeah, but you still have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. We have a year. Like it comes out in December. Yeah, right. so we don't even have a full year, and we don't have a teaser trailer. We don't have. But we didn't get like a trailer. We didn't get those for Star. We got a teaser for Star Wars. I think in April, like April or May. Mm-hmm. That's like when you got it because I remember it was we were going to get the real trailer with one of the Marvel movies when it came out in. In uh, in May, in, in May. I just, it kind of just scares me that they're being so quiet about it now, though. Especially because Star Wars is it's huge again. Like this is mm-hmm. 
breaking so many records. Like, I feel like now's the best time to capitalize on that fever by letting people know, like, hey, we have another one coming out in eight months. You'll want to see that one, too. But I think I think the people who are really going to be clamoring for Rogue One are going to be people like us. People are going to get really confused when they see a Star Wars movie and they don't know that this is a prequel, again, taking place, you know... With the people I, stealing the Death Star plans, like not everybody's going to know that. I think that's all that. the more reason to start trying to sell it to people now, though. You know, you don't want to start pitching that movie to the people that are those like Friday night fans, just being like, "Oh, let's go, let's go see that Star Wars flick." You know. But you, I mean, it's 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 eight months before the movie's release. Like, I it is in six months, five months. You don't want to overplay your hand. Mm-hmm. It's different with bringing back the re- you know Star Wars with the original cast. That's something that you Yeah, they're play creating those. a new Star Wars with Alan Tudyk. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone should know about that, John. This is true. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I like I know that was like a, like a weird little uh, mm-hmm. uh, Wait, this isn't the news. Point. This is the list. Mm-hmm. I, I know, but like it just it was one of those things like talking about Star Wars made me be like, man, like they're not they're not discussing it at all. And I don't know if it's because they don't want to take away from how well Force Awakens is doing. I think you're going to get it after this release because they probably are going to have something on the DVD yep. that's going to tell you about Rogue One. And then I after that so. comes out, you have Civil War. You know it's going to, I mean, if they're going to release a trailer, it's going to mm-hmm. be with Civil War. I think we might get a Doctor Strange trailer too at that point. Yeah, why not? We, we, we're we're do that Marvel. It's I'm gonna entitled. Be, I'm a fan. You it, you have to give me more. It's going to be a teaser because it looks like yeah. they're still filming it. Yeah, it looks like they're filming climactic battle stuff now though. Yeah, him running. <laughs> him running. Yeah, we didn't talk about that in the Week in Geek, and yeah. I just remembered it. And that's why Bruce Campbell probably wouldn't be the Doctor. There's no way that guy's running. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but did, I, I've, I've seen in Burn Notice him do some hurried ducking. Yeah. So <laughs> there you go. Burn Notice is he's, fun. He's moving pretty quickly. He's pretty spry in uh, Ash vs. the Evil Dead. Oh. Uh, and the comic book that I'm looking forward <laughs> to, guys. <laughs> Sorry, John. Uh, is going to be from Aftershock Comics, written by Adam Glass. But you know what I was thinking about, though? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Paul. You don't have to give me that. And, uh... <laughs> Art by uh, Pat Olifif. Uh This is called Rough Riders. Mm. This is a young Teddy Roosevelt uh, who's on a mystery mission and has to bring together a different group of extraordinary characters to help him do this. Wait, a league of extraordinary characters? Uh, of Rough Riders of oh. extraordinary characters. Uh, he's pulling in young street ma- uh, magician uh, Houdini. <laughs> a a washed up entertainer of Annie Oakley uh, and some other characters to come in to uh, help him. Uh, I thought it was fun. I knew we were going to be talking about some of the books that I was looking forward to. Poe Dameron being one of them. Um, so this is something that's little out there. I love that it's tied into history with these characters. I was a big <laughs> early. League of Extraordinary uh-huh. Gentlemen fan. There hit a point when I was like, this is gone insane, and I don't like it anymore. I stopped reading it as soon as they uh, introduced The Invisible Man. 
That's as far as I got in that book. Uh, so you didn't finish the first trade? Nope. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I will read this book, but I will not watch the show coming out on Fox that's about Sir Arthur Conan Doyle teaming up with Harry Houdini to solve mysteries. <laughs> I won't do that. They're actually they were uh, they were friends in the beginning, but enemies at the end. They, uh, there's a theory. Oh, thanks for spoiling the <laughs> There's John. A, an actual theory that's behind that believes Conan Doyle actually might have helped uh, kill Houdini by punching him in the gut. No, by poisoning him. They don't uh, believe that at him actually getting punched killed him. Oh, uh, open up the case, and then Fox can do another show researching their other show. Like, slowly poison, poisoning him so he would have, like, a bad infection? And, and the punch, you know, ruptured the infection? Houdini was set out to stop um, people who were pretending to be spiritualists right. and doing that. Mm-hmm. Arthur Conan Doyle got hooked up with this woman who was actually... Uh, the Winchester w- widow. Who was actually using... Um, profiting off of ch- child slavery? Whoa! Uh, and Houdini was thought to have figured this out, and she used Conan Doyle to help assassinate Houdini. And there, there you have it. The synopsis for Now You See Me 3. <laughs> uh, I, no, there, I get this is a really good book called uh, Houdini, America's First Super, Super Spy or Superhero or something huh. like that. It's, it's really interesting, and they use a lot of his own letters between him and the woman who they believe killed him. Um, as well as just letters from Houdini to uh, different people. You know who else was a great super spy for the for the United States? Who's that? Julia Child. Oh, she actually did all, because she had connections in France uh, during the occupation, the German occupation. So she was actually passing along uh, secrets to the resistance. She passed them along in baked goods. She did, actually. <laughs> Wait, really? You say this, but yeah, uh, there would sometimes be stuff baked into uh, loaves of bread, and they would pass them along that way, or on the back of wine bottles, where you would just uh, take off the wine bottle, and then there would be an encoded message. Well, as we discussed, label. Harry Houdini created. As we discussed uh, earlier, nobody ink. reads the label. Disappearing ink, invisible ink, was used, as we all know, by George Washington's group of the Culpa Rink. Mm-hmm. Uh, it he, was semen. He also. <laughs> He also <laughs> he also uh, created the like the micro camera and stuff. He had that. He would use it. He'd put a camera in the heel of his shoe and take pictures. Harry Houdini up, up, up lady skirts. He was a perv. <laughs> also not discussed ever. So he wanted to see their ankles. That's all he was going for. Anywho, uh, uh, everyone just learned a lot of stuff. Yeah. You need to rate and review us now. <laughs> we've enriched your lives so much. This is like we've been preparing for some sort of random quiz. This is yeah. I was gonna say this is not even our pub <laughs> trivia day. <laughs> uh, there's this one baseball player that I can't think of his name of right now that I that had a great you know story where he was spying for uh, OSS for the for the United States too, um, but I can't think of it. But what? Because uh, probably because we're drinking so much. Are we going to talk about this now or later? This now, and then we go into dramatic reading. Okay, and then we go right into the main topic from there. All right, just like always, John. I thought we always did dramatic reading first, then the beer. No, no. Paul, you say like we should remember, but we never do. We argue about this every time. Six years of doing this, we Uh, don't remember. A few weeks ago, Paul and I left work early mm-hmm. to drive down to Voodoo Brewery to be able to buy their barrel collection. I'm salaried, 
So I never leave work early because I'm always on call. <laughs> <laughs> and he got a call that said he needed to go back. And he's yeah. like, I'm, I've hit Pennsylvania. I'm not going back. I can't come back now. You said this meeting was canceled. Uh, so we have those voodoo breweries. If you guys know anything about this show, we talk about how much we love the voodoo brewery barrel collection that we had got three years ago. And now we are drinking uh, Voodoo Brewery's Black Magic Aged in Rye Whiskey Barrels. Uh, this was bottled on 22516, and this is bottle number 1533. But uh, unlike the other barrel, uh, unlike the other bottles, these are um, 12 ounce bottles, mm-hmm. and we got four of these in our case. So they did a lot more of smaller bottles of these. Yeah, so we can open up one of these and enjoy it now and have our cake and eat it too. You know, very, very nice. Uh, the uh, baseball star that I was thinking of, his name is Moberg. Moberg! Look, look him up. That's a cool name, Moberg. He, he wasn't great at baseball, but they sent him out in all the All Star games, like throughout, the, you know, as part of like a, you know, they would just play an All Star game in Japan, play an All Star game here and there, because he was a spy. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he was basically a spy because he he was a really smart guy that could like pick up a new language really quickly and nobody would you know take us you know when they have the base the baseball teams like walking around like, well what really cost him is well he could pick up languages he couldn't decipher when the coach was telling him to steal <laughs> he had too much going never on. broke that code <laughs> never broke that code He's uh, like, you're brushing your nose. Do you have allergies? <laughs> well, I'm over. Wait, did he just tell me to kill the guy in the outfield? <laughs> had a batting average of .243, guys. Uh, they signal Sports him, and he just starts ball. pulling, like, microfish, like, out of his trap. <laughs> like, is this what I'm supposed to do? Uh, anyways, this beer. Uh, on the nose, you get a little bit of oak smell to it. But I get alcohol. Like, I get, like, this beer is going to be big. Yeah. It's 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 all whiskey. It's it's all rye. It's all rye on the nose. Like, I get, like, it's going to be really big. But this is mm-hmm. smooth. Hey, I'm, I'm finishing the rest of my uh, We Heavy Champ, which is pretty good. So I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> this is just, this is, we could age it. We could. It tastes like it's already aged. Yeah, it's 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 ready to be drank now. I don't think we're you, you you're not doing yourself a disservice by drinking it now. It is definitely a sipping beer. Oh, definitely. It's got that. Right now, I got that dragon breath though. You know, so we could probably do with six I don't months. Get the dragon breath. I got a little bit of that high heat. I don't get that, but it that is high heat in my mouth. It's definitely uh, this is better to drink now than the KBS was. So. KBS, I thought you got big coffee on it. It was something that I thought needed to... Chris, how do you feel knowing age. that he already had a KBS? Um, well, that was something I was thinking about to myself, like, earlier. <laughs> I was just, like, sitting on my couch, like, rocking back and forth. <laughs> if, I, if I get KBS, do I drink one or do I wait on it? Because I, I know it's better if I wait on it for at least a year. Does, but I want one. Does it does it bother you that I have a four, yes, I had fourteen John. bottles of it? It does. I've seen I've seen the pictures. I know they actually exist. That was actually missing the one four pack. So I got three four packs and two uh, two bottles. And they were ta- and when they showed up here today, they they said uh, John and his future wife say, "Oh, 
we got to remember to stop by that other place where they're holding one, holding on to one for us. Ridiculous. Yeah. I'm called for. <laughs> and yet, when I was going down, it was all future wave. When, when we were going down to Buda Brewery, and I'm like, John, we're making this drive. Maybe we should pick up two of these cases. And John's like, no, no, come on, Paul. We don't need to be greedy. What well, color are your eyes now, Mr. Oh, Mr. When, Green? When I was sitting there handing out Green. KBS to people and I knew I had a four pack in the back, I went I went greedy. Like I yeah, I was texting I was texting Future Wife being like, I can't get a hold of my dad to come in here and buy more. I've hit like I've hit a mark of just total greed. I want <laughs> KBS. I don't want to give these away. I want to keep these for me. So John kept on handing them out and he got went Okay, this is one for you, and then he would put one back for himself. One for you, <laughs> one for me. He just started telling people, like, sorry, uh, they only come in three packs. It's weird. <laughs> you know, you say this, but, Paul, you would have no KBS. I would have no KBS. If it wasn't for me. That's very true. I called his wife to be like, hey, you coming down to get this or what? <laughs> He's like, otherwise, I'm taking it home with me. And I thought if she didn't respond, that I knew that I was getting more, and I was going to give you oh, the, thank you. the pack that I bought. I tried to get one, but it was <laughs> over Facebook, and John said I can't do that. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Uh, anyways, this beer is... It is delicious. It's very delicious. Um, got great flavoring. Got great flavors to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's rich. It's that big mouthfeel that you really want on a barrel-aged uh, stout. So, Black Magic aged in rye whiskey barrels. Bottled on 2-25-16. The thing I, like, I do enjoy about Voodoo when they do these, and you'll hear it every time we drink this, is they make sure that these bottles, I really do feel like uh-huh. they make sure that these are ready to drink when they give them to you. Uh-huh. They're not just releasing them willy-nilly. They're sitting on them. They're making sure they're they're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're tapping it and selling it inside the store too, yeah. right inside their brewery. So, so uh, you can drink it fresh and then then take some home with you. But don't try to open up a bottle there at the brewery. That's not allowed. No. Yeah. Paul, what? Did you try to open up a bottle at the brewery? No, no. Just saying. Just a tip, Paul. For everybody. Paul. No. Chris? Did you try to open a bottle at the brewery? No, because it had the wax on it. I couldn't. <laughs> He's just oh. gnawing on the top of the <laughs> yeah. bottle. And They're like, sir, sir, you can't drink that in here. I'm like, but it's a brewery. They're like, no, you got to drink what we, we can drink, uh, something we can pour you, but not a bottle. Uh, funny story. When I was back in Buffalo, I gave my mom that bottle of the Perrin Brewing Company with kindness, finally. Uh-huh. And then, like, she sent me a text message, like, three days later after I was back and forth. She was like, how do I open it? Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a wax seal. And I was like, oh, you need to get a knife and just, like, cut around the lip there and, like, peel it up. Because she, like, my mom likes to try different craft beers. Like, she mm-hmm. listens to whatever I say. Like, oh, you should try this. Get this. Oh, this is what we really like right now. Uh, but this was her first actual like wax sealed bottle, and she saw it and was just like, "I don't know what to do." Uh, that's nice too because that beer also aged a year for her too. Yeah, uh, we so, still have a bottle of that in our basement. 
I yeah. I thought we I opened don't know it. We opened that when the three of us were together. <clears throat> Did we open it when? Oh, we had two. Yeah, there's yeah. another one. Yeah, there's another one. <laughs> Wait, we had some. Yes, I don't yes, remember Paul, that. We did. Was it good? I don't remember it. It was good. It was more barley whiny than it was previously. Mm. And now, dramatic reading number one of Sinestro, <laughs> number one, page five, panel four. My Sinestro. And that was dramatic reading number one. And now, <laughs> dramatic reading number two. Of Sinestro, number one, page five, panel four. My Sinestro. And that was a double dramatic reading of Sinestro, number one, page five, panel four. That, I think that... The first ever double dramatic. Yeah, and you know what? That double dramatic, let's just not mention it again for the rest of the episode. You know, I think I think the listeners just need to sit on that and really think about it themselves. Let's not. We we really need to just sit on it and ruminate. <laughs> yeah, let's not mention it again for the rest of the show. But there might be somebody beginning the main topic by saying, "Boy, what about <laughs> that dramatic reading?" Right, right. <laughs> Was that the one we did it on? <laughs> it might be. <laughs> I'm just saying, but we won't mention the double dramatic reading again. That's what I'm saying, guys. Stop. Opening up the curtain. <laughs> so they shouldn't know we pre-recorded the main topic. No. Okay. No. Nobody wants to know how the sausage is made. I love sausage. I sausage care. is delicious. It's, give me all those meaty bits. Not as good as this beer, though. <laughs> Do you want a hot dog now? Tiny uh, John! I want a hot dog, future wife. And that was a great dramatic reading. Thank you for doing that reading. <laughs> uh, and hopefully our next beer is just as great as your portrayal of that said character from previous reading uh, we're totally not recording these in advance everyone uh, our next beer is actually <laughs> from my old hometown uh, when I lived in Michigan last year this is from Heron Brewing Company and this is part of their Killing Craft series you might have noticed we had this last year um, this is the With Kindness and um, this was the English-style barley wine that had been aged for nine months in, I can't read it, some sort of whiskey barrel. So. Mm-hmm. I, um, I'm glad it was aged. Uh, so it's been sitting for another nine months <laughs> uh, from when it was released uh, in the Bagnum Board Cellar. And wow, mm-hmm. um, I vaguely remember having this before because it was so long ago now. Uh, we drank a lot that day, too. Yes. This uh, is... Go ahead. I'm sorry. But yeah, it, it was a uh, it was a barley wine. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And this is now just they got that nice barley wine like sweetness though to it, and that nice whiskey finish. Yeah, it's got a nice like warming mm-hmm. sensation going down. I'm like, did I? How could I have enjoyed this not aged? I'm thinking to myself now. Uh, and I remember liking it, but not loving it. Mm-hmm. And I kind of love it now. Mm-hmm. And we have another bottle of this too. Yeah, and we we can let it sit for a little while. I, I think letting that one sit for like another nine months mm-hmm. just be wonderful. Right. Yeah. yeah. Let's find somebody that just got pregnant so we know one day this beer. <laughs> well, guys, I have something to tell you. Oh, Babigal baby! Well, congratulations. It, its name will be with kindness. <laughs> um, no, I I really like this. I know it's more now than it was previously. Um, yeah, because we had this, we had the other one, the Kill 'Em All. 
Yeah, and which was a stout. We had mm-hmm. the uh, their sour too, which was really nice sours. Yeah, the, like Dr. the Doctor Zayas. It was something like that. Mm-hmm. It was nice though. Yeah. It was a good sour, but their stouts are good. Sour. Yeah, uh, this is it's this a good brewery. Mm-hmm. This is something uh, I will buy their, you know, if I ever get back down there and there is another part of their killing craft, I'm definitely picking up another bottle. Yeah, I think, honestly, any of their stuff from, like, their Bomber series, fantastic. Mm-hmm. It was one of our favorite, like, I mean, we loved a lot of the places we went in Michigan, but when we sat there and had their beers, like, we kept wanting to order more because everything was going down so well and everything mm-hmm. was so good. And it was so much fun being there watching the Michigan State game during March Madness. While the Michigan State game was going, and everybody was there in the brewery cheering for them, including myself, and I didn't even care about Michigan State up well, until that moment. Well, you just love brackets, Paul. Oh, I do. And boy, do we have a main topic for you today. What do we do? <laughs> because this is the second part of the annual Bagged Boardcast comic book creator craze. This time we're heading it over to the artist side of the brackets. Um, we always have uh, two conferences. We've mm-hmm. got our Marvel, we have our DC, and then last year we started adding in independent arts and writers as well to these so hey yeah because we were looking to upset the uh apple carts when it came to because you know we have our favorite marvel we have our favorite dc writers and artist teams so you know to try to throw in a little bit of a wild card yeah sports reference wild card uh, into the mix we brought in the indies as well uh and we had a really hard time coming up with dc Mm -hmm. artists and you actually have two more indie artists and two less DC artists. Mm. I think we could have added more Marvel artists because there's a lot of Marvel artists that we've been really enjoying. We did not have a problem. Mm -hmm. We had more than enough. We were scratching names off. Um, So, but we got to keep, you know, people, people click on the Marvel versus DC. So you gotta, you gotta keep that conference Uh, going. We started with Marvel with the writers last time. Why don't we start with, uh, Marvel artists or DC artists first. Okay, so over in the the, uh, the Eastern Conference here. Yes, uh, our first matchup we have Batman artist extraordinaire Greg Capullo going up against Robin artist extraordinaire Patrick Gleason. Hmm. Patrick Gleason, I will always remember as uh, Green Lantern Corps yes. uh, artist. Uh, yeah, I he did I uh, one of his pages. Batman and Robin uh, back in the day when it was Damien, and now he's back with Damien. He is. Uh, the second best artist to make a creepy uh, Joker missing his face. Yeah. First being Greg Capullo. <laughs> uh, Capullo still, I mean, even with Bruce Wayne not being Batman mm-hmm. and with it being that mechanical Batman, still doing an amazing job on that. Mm-hmm. I think he's grown so much as an artist doing this Batman book. And he's come so far, and he's still just an amazing artist. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Um, he just—he's one of those artists that's just elevating the comics medium. And I—I mm-hmm. I really like Patrick Gleason's art. Yeah, I, the round, like just yeah, the every, roundness in the faces, yeah. everything, like just works with his style. I really like it. Well, I was going to say, yeah, all his faces are really rounded, yeah. like, which helps when you're doing a younger character, you know, with Robin or Damien. But, uh, yeah, I have to go with Greg Capullo because, you know what, I like the more angular, I like the more stark yeah. contrast 
I know that people don't really like the look of the Mecha Bat because it is just block shoulders, square sh- rectangle shoulders, you know, for the rocket launchers or whatever those are. And then the weird kind of rabbit ears things. But you know what? It's Greg Capullo pulls it off. Yeah, and nothing against Patrick Gleason. Like I said, I own one of his Green Lantern Corps pages. For me, he's always going to be one of those Green Lantern artists that I love, though. Like, I, I enjoyed uh, Batman and Robin. I enjoyed when it was just like the Damien, like, son of Batman book or whatever it's called. Like, yeah, it's Batman, son of, uh, or it's Robin, son of Batman. Uh, great, and I, I'm glad it's, he's someone that has been with the character almost since its inception. So it's cool that he's actually handling it now, too. Uh, he's not more on working, the writing side. He's not working on it anymore. Oh. Oh. No. Oh. It's cool that he was. Uh, but <laughs> he, it's Greg Capullo. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm really going to be sad when uh, he's not drawing Batman anymore. All right. So the last part of the DC part of this bracket, Babstar versus Gustavo Dorte. I'm guessing I'm pronouncing that right. And if not, I'm sorry. Uh, Gustavo Dorte did uh, the work on Bizarro, a really cool, very over-the-top cartoony style that I absolutely loved on that book. And Babstar does that amazing redesign on Batgirl yeah, which, that we all love. It's it's great. and It's like a Becky Cloonan style. but It's a little bit softer mm-hmm. than Becky Cloonan. Like, I like it's a little bit more rounded. Since yeah. We're talking about rounded edges and like, more uh, faces and characters. but more exp- A little Bizarro, bit more expressive and a lot more different facial features than Becky Cloonan, too. Yeah, Bizarro was a lot of fun. And I think the art style fit that book fully and completely. But... I think Babs Tower has an yeah. art style that would fit on like pretty much any book you put on, but it would just bring more energy to it. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I was going to say. I'm like, Sorry, Paul. all right, no, no, no. I'm glad that you said it, so that way I didn't feel like I was alone over here. Uh, yeah, the work on Bizarro makes sense for that book. And I'm sure that the artist has a range and could do something more realistic and probably step it up. We just haven't seen it yet. Uh, but Babs Tarman, I, I would want her on like a bunch of different books just to bring that energy and that life to yeah. to them. Like, like I said before on the last week's episode, imagine imagine them on the Flash. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they they won't be on Batgirl when mm-hmm. it relaunches as part of the Rebirth series, but. I just I hope she's still present somewhere in the DC universe. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If she's not, I hope someone else, like over at Marvel or some indie book, like snatches her up because she's an artist I would follow. She's she's got a great feel to her. She's a little Mike Allredian with how she draws. And I know you're not an yeah, yeah, Mike Allred fan. That. No, I get that because she has that kind of pop sensibility. But her stuff's not as stiff. Like there's a little bit yeah. More no, I would agree. But she's got the f- same kind of feel. A lot of the same kind of color tones. Um, Not as flat as Allred, though. I was just looking at both the arts, and Gustav Durante, I'm looking at it going, I like this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to upset these two, and I'm going to pick this guy. And then I went over, and I started looking at Babstar, and I'm like, nope, can't do it. i got to go with Babstar. It really is great-looking art. She does a fantastic job. Her layouts are really nice, how she presents everything on those pages. She does a great job. Yeah, she's wonderful. Uh, so this will be an easy one for at least Paul, but we're gonna do indie writers. We're gonna or indie artists uh, Cliff Chang versus Raphael Albuquerque. Okay, well since you know it's an easy one for me, I'll let you guys start. John, go ahead. 
Uh, I think Raphael Arbuquerque does a great horror style. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other things I've seen him do, he does a great job when he's able not – when he's so inclined not to just have to do to- uh, horror. But he is half the reason why American Vampire is such an amazing book. His art on that just delivers. And this uh, second cycle, which is the next wave of American Vampire books, is – even more insane and epic and he is just shining so hard through this book um cliff chang does an amazing job he really does he's got a great art style i mean paul i think you always liked him but you fell in love with him on wonder woman Mm -hmm. and it's 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 tough between these two um two very different styles but I think I'm going to have to go Raphael Albuquerque. Yeah. I think he does a little bit more. Okay, yeah. yeah. Chris? Uh, I, I love Raphael Albuquerque on uh, American, American Vampire. Sorry. Okay. I'm, I'm actually looking at Cliff Shang art right now <laughs> just because it's been a while since I've like looked at his stuff since uh, we read mm-hmm. Paper Girls number one a few months ago. Oh, man, just looking at Cliff Shang's art. Cliff Chang comes from that uh, Darwin Cook school. That I'm always going to, that Chris Omni, Darwin Cook, Cliff Chang, I'm going to pick those guys over every other kind of style almost, what, eight times out of ten, right? Yeah. Like, so I have to go with Cliff Chang. It just, it's, it's what comic book art is to me. Like, when I think of comic book art, it's that. Yeah, I, I really do enjoy Raphael Albuquerque's Heavy line. Just, yeah. just drawing. Like, it's one of those things where, like, Every line he puts down onto that paper has mm-hmm. meaning and it has, yeah, like the right contour to it. Like it's just, it's perfect. Yeah, mm-hmm. without a doubt, I agree yeah. completely. I knew Raphael Burkirky was not gonna win. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I was, I was thinking Chris would go with Raphael Albuquerque as well. No, but, uh, 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 in 2013, Cliff Shang did. The label for the Brooklyn Brewing Company's uh, Defender, hmm. where it's hey. like a, almost like a Black Panther style mm-hmm. character, yeah. but he's holding like the beer tap. Nice, that's cool. Right, talking about horror people, we got uh, Juan Ferriere and uh, Sean Murphy, both known for their horror-inspired uh, comic book work. Yep. The colder, the colder. Uh, Ugh, creepy. It's it's. Very I can't even creepy. look at his art. It's very creepy. He does an amazing job on that book, and I'm excited every time that book comes out. Um, he does a lot of cover arts. Uh, other than doing mm-hmm. the colder, he's got um, interiors on a book here or there, but it's usually just kind of fill in art for a, a bigger artist. Sean Murphy's the other, but I love Sean Murphy. Uh, I I really enjoyed him when we uh, read The Wake by Scott Snyder. Yeah, uh, and then Tokyo Ghost. Like, yeah, I think his artwork was incredible on that. Like, there was a lot going on it, but it was one of those books that needed a lot happening in it just to reflect the story. And I think Sean Murphy's kind of the opposite of Cliff Chang, where he uses a crazy amount of lines. Yes, but likewise, they they all have meaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Murphy too, like uh, that Bat- Batman Black and White. He mm-hmm. did that one about like the Batmobile and stuff, and somehow you know he can draw an engine, and it's like there's too much going on in that engine. <laughs> like what is that? 
Uh, I love Sean Murphy art. I really do. Um, Juan Ferreira though, like he can create such a disturbing, I mean, like when you're going to talk about a horror artist, I don't know why this guy doesn't get more play Mm -hmm. because it's just amazing. I'm going to say, uh, Juan Ferreira. Uh, I'm going to go with Juan Ferreira too. Also, because in the past year I've actually bought Juan Ferreira work and I didn't really realize it in the new suicide squad because I was checking out, uh, some of the new stuff with, you know, Harley Quinn being on with Suicide Squad. It wasn't my favorite, but at least I you bought brought it. it. <laughs> I bought it. Uh, I have not bought anything from Sean Murphy. I did read Tokyo Ghost, but I did not enjoy that art. It was uh, a little too frantic. A lot of the action I thought got muddied in it. And also, but it's this dystopian thing with, you know, hulking brute kind of things where nobody's in proportion. So... You know, it was of its style, and I think he did well in that style. It just wasn't for me, though. And see, I would say the same thing about Juan Ferreira's art. Like, it's good, but it's... Everybody's stretched out and thin, and... It's not what I want, and, you know, not that my vote doesn't matter, but, you know, I'll I'll throw it over to Sean Murphy just as that, hey, you'll always have a place here over at the Pagan Broadcast. (laughs) It's true. So... Uh, Go ahead. No, no go, go oh. for it, Paul. Uh, Ray, so over at uh, Marvel, we got uh, Roman Perez versus Sarah Pacelli. Uh, I really, really like uh, Roman Perez's artwork. I thought when we read uh, Sand from... Uh, A Tale of Sand. A Tale of Sand, thank you. I thought, I was like, man, that's amazing. This is a guy i got to be out on the lookout for. I thought he was doing an amazing, amazing job with uh hawkeye i think going mm-hmm. like showing the past doing the present having a style kind of change in between those it's hard to beat and then sarah pacelli comes in with spider-man and it's a superhero comic i want to read it's got the crisp lines everything looks really really good and this is probably I think out of this list, it might be my hardest one to pick. And I'm, yeah. um, I'm, I can talk about this one a little bit. Um, Sarah Pacelli, fantastic artist. I mean, if you go listen back to episode number 295, where we talk about Spider-Man number one in our monthly look back. How do you remember these I'm numbers, just, man? Just, You're so good. I'm a, I'm a lexicon. I haven't been you know, doing the show notes like I used to, so I just keep all that information right up here oh, now. Wow. Um, she's a fantastic artist. And like I said, I don't know why we're not getting more like that mm-hmm. big budget Marvel superhero artwork from her. But when you look at her style, she is that big budget Marvel superhero type of artist. Um, I think she can easily be at that level as someone like a uh, Olivier Copiel or Steve McDevitt. Like she can do superhero books well. Um, Hawkeye's a little bit different type of book, though, and I think he was re- uh, Roman Perez was able to really flex his artistic muscles on that a little bit because it is very inventive and expressive, and he does different things just from page to page or panel to panel. And I think you can see that extremely well in the original graphic mo- uh, novel Tale of Sand. Um, and I, I'm going to give it up to Ramon Perez, like because yeah, you know what? It's great to be awesome at amazing superhero books that's what's going to keep me reading that book but someone like ramon press is going to be the person that makes me take note of a smaller book 
<laughs> I'd agree. I was, I was a little hard. It was hard for me to pick these, and then I'm just looking at his art online, and these panels are coming up, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is the reason I want him on this list. So Raymond Perez is my vote too. Uh, not to say that my vote doesn't matter, but I want uh, Sarah Pacelli to know that she always has a place here in my heart. <laughs> I mean, on the Vagnum Boardcast. Uh, if she ever wants to come on and to explain why these two are wrong, I'll be more than happy to sit here and let her talk <laughs> for herself. Yeah, I'm wrong Perez. It's just, yeah. This artwork's beautiful. Just the colors. Oh. Uh, our next is Marco Chichito versus Russell Dodderman. Uh, Chichito has been working on the Star Wars books. He did the... Oh, uh, man, this is tough. <laughs> uh, Anakin and... Um, Anakin Ob- and Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. And then the Dark Empire... was the... Shattered oh, Empire. Shattered Shatter Empire. Shattered Empire. Um, and those are the two books that we caught note of, mm-hmm. this guy's art, because it was It was awesome. on, on model for those actors, and yet it was its own thing. It didn't come off as stiff... Like you guys talk about with John Cassidy's art, like they looked like the actors, but everything seemed like screenshots. Uh, and then Russell, Do- Russell Dodderman over on The Mighty Thor, I love that book from beginning to end, like from first first word to the last uh, line on the panel. Like I think the art on that is gorgeous. I think the big characters and all the kind of other world, I know it's not called uh, the Fifth World over then, it, Asgardian stuff. You know, has weight to it and seems real. Like, and he's drawing all these, you know, dark elves and trolls. And then to have a woman look frail, just under chemo, and have that emotional weight to that scene, I think puts a, you know, with no word balloons and just you get that tired, frail look upon a character, which you don't really see that often, you know, in a big superhero comic. Uh, so to have that juxtaposition, I think, is is telling uh, how good of an artist Russell is. So, man, I just talked myself into Ross, uh, to going with uh, Russell Dodderman versus Marco Chito, or uh, Chichito, yeah. uh, I, just because of that. No, I mean, I'm looking at Marco's art right now. and That's great. Like He's, he's done some fantastic stuff. And going back, he's actually did some issues of Daredevil's Amazing Spider-Man, or not Amazing Spider-Man. It was like the Avenging Spider-Man book when that was coming out. And Punisher had like a three-part crossover, and they bought those. And I actually didn't know he was the artist on those. And his style like has grown a lot since he did that like two, three years ago, whenever that came out. Um, so I think he's someone to definitely keep an eye on because I think he's just going to get better and better. Uh, but, yeah, Russell Dodderman, just he's fantastic. Like Mighty Thor mm-hmm. is just a glorious, glorious book. And... I think, Paul, you summed it up like better than I could. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, I I was already going to pick Dodderman, and you sold it even harder for me. So, Yeah, I didn't know I was going Dodderman until I started talking about Dodderman, because I'm like, oh, no, these guys these guys aren't going Dodderman at all. I better at least talk him up a little bit here. Oh, so I'm glad. Glad we... Just It just seems right. It does. <laughs> Chris Pacello. Or Javier Rodriguez. Uh, I I do enjoy Javier Rodriguez over on Spider Woman. Um, it's a great book. It definitely fits in kind of with that more street level character that we've been getting with like someone um, like previous like Chris Samney over on 
Daredevil. I don't know why I blanked out on the name of that. Um, mm-hmm. He fits in well with that kind of more pulpy, like, street crime book. Uh, but Chris Pacello, he can handle, like, anything you throw at him with, like, just style and ease. Like, there's such a great energy and fun to his art style. And I know we said basically the exact same stuff for Babs Tar, uh, but it's true. Pacello, he can just throw so much weird, like, wacky stuff on a page, but it's not distracting. Like, you can mm-hmm. still follow the story, and everything just, it's all gravy on top of whatever panel's uh, being told. Uh, yeah. So we're all going it for the same. Uh, well, I'm going with Rodriguez. Because <laughs> there's always a place for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because if you look at his art, it's more like Somni. It's more, it, you know, it kind of fits into that same kind of vein. It's a street level character, but he draws it not dark and gritty. It has that humor. It has that likeness. It has that cartooniness. Yes, Chris Pacello. See, I didn't like his work on Uncanny X-Men, and I might be a little bit, you know, of the mindset where it's just too many lines, you know, going on a little too much. Uh, that craziness, I think he does an amazing job. But no, I would, you know, this isn't me just giving a vote. I enjoy Javier Rodriguez's okay. art more than. And, and there's a reason they're on our list. Yeah. Like, we don't have people on here that we're like, mm, not that guy. Uh, just, with my comic book sensibilities, though, like something uh, like Uncanny X-Men or Wolverine and the X-Men, which he was on as well, mm-hmm. I like when the X-Men are drawn like that crazy, wild, like wacky proportions, mm-hmm. and Chris Pacello can do that. Yeah, um, You couldn't get away with something like that on a Spider-Woman book, you know? So I think they're both in the books that they need to be on right now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, it is very close to Somni's artwork, but it's just not. It's a step below yeah. Somni, but and that's, I gotta go. that's not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Chris Pacello. Chris Pacello. All right. This is a tough one. Fiona Staples versus Jamie McKelvey. Yeah, Fiona Staples all the way. Yeah, I was going to say, this one, it's, they're both great artists, but Fiona Staples, like, she can bring Mm -hmm. a lot of life into a character. Um, Jamie McKelvey, he, he does fantastic character art, like, great facial expressions, like, his panel layouts are gorgeous and fun, but Fiona Staples, like, much like Chris Pichello, she can handle Anything that's Anything thrown at that's her. Thrown. And Brian K. Vaughn has thrown everything at her. And I think one of the biggest things is talking about Mark Wade's book with uh, Archie is everybody looks different. Mm-hmm. And it's not just that simple, you know, old school Archie, like one's got red hair, one's got blonde hair, one's mm-hmm. got, you know, one's a brunette. Like everybody's face, everybody looks different. All right, let's go right up there. Uh, Paul's looking at Jamie McKelvey artwork right now, and it, it's it is beautiful. It is really good, and again, it's that simple line. It's that really good line work that I really do enjoy that economy of line. But Fiona Staples, like we were just saying, has still an economy of line. Well, over an Archie, that really good, clean look, and then the characters it designs. Everybody's different. Everybody's very expressive, and for that book to work. It's it's more of a partnership with her artwork, Fiona Staples' artwork, not just Mark Way's writing. Because if it was some schlub artist on that book, I would not still be writing it. It's because I'm falling in love with, you know, for, you know Victoria and and uh, Betty, right? Veronica and Betty, sorry. Uh, so then Raymond Perez versus Russell Dodderman. 
It See, this is a tough one because I like them both a lot, and it's tough because I would want to see them on... Anything? A- anything. And it's going to depend on what kind of book that they're on that would make me pick one over the other. Hmm. Um, I mean, if you had a book where it you have to capture one thing... Mm-hmm. I think Russell Dodderman will give you his Russell Dodderman take on it, and it'll look amazing. Raymond Perez will do that one thing and show you five different ways that he can draw it, and each way looks stunning and different and mm. colored amazingly. I think he can is the more versatile artist where he can bring any look that you want to that book. He'll change his, you know, that normal style to bring you something completely different. Okay. Because we got to see, you know, his Tales of Sand versus what he does now. Okay. And even, I mean, he does yeah, two different styles. He does mm-hmm. two different styles in Hawkeye. Yeah, Hawkeye. Yep. Although I did just find a Russell Dodderman, like, splash page or, you know, like, commission that he did of the 90s X-Men that is now going to be my phone background, so... <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think if we gave Russell Dodderman the chance, because his dynamic work within that book of if Thor, you know, like I was saying before, that tra- transformation of uh, of uh, the character. Uh, I'm I'm about to call her Natalie Portman, but it's not Natalie Portman. Yeah, the character. What's the Jane, Jane Foster? Jane Foster to Thor, the Mighty Thor. It's just so stunning and such a and so great that. Uh, I think he's more versatile than we've been able to see him so far. Uh, but I don't, I'm not ready to argue that point that he's more versatile than, uh, than, uh, Raymond Perez. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. But I would go Russell Dodderman. I'm just saying that. I think Dodderman's awesome. Yeah. I really do. Uh, yeah. We're not, at no point are we ever arguing <laughs> that these people aren't great. It's just they're in a bracket and one has to win. It's I'm just trying to pick like okay, who do I want on my background? Do I want it to be Jubilee and Cyclops? Yes. Do I want it to be Rogue Wolverine and Beast? Like and a little bit of Gambit. Oh my god. No, you want you want Jubilee. I do want Jubilee on there. I this is more of a tough one and I didn't look at any of their pictures to say Raymond, Raymond Perez. Um <laughs> but looking at like Russell Dodderman's Art, it makes it even tougher. But I, I'm going to go Raymond Perez. You're doing Dodderman? I'm, I'm a Dodderman. Chris? Dodderman. We've got Dodderman over here. Right. <laughs> no, I'm just lo- like looking at this page right now. Like He can he can do it. He can do it. I, Ramon Perez is fantastic. And I think you put him on any book with like a, like that like dreamlike quality to it, like Tale of Sand, or a book where you can tell those flashbacks. And it just like it's woven seamlessly in, but it's such a different style. Um, Russell Dodderman, like, as much as I think we like, uh, Thor because Jason Aaron's writing it, I, I think Dodderman is perfect mm-hmm. on art. Like, I don't think anyone else could match that tone. Yeah. Like, he is. Yeah. All right. Pacello versus Staples. 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 <laughs> All the way. No, like, um, I, everything I listed about both of them still stands true, but. Fiona Staple, she can take that crazy out there weird wackiness, mm-hmm. but have it be grounded and have it have a little bit more heart than I think Pachello can. Okay. Which is why something like Saga does work. It's why Archie works. Mm-hmm. It, it has that heart to it. All right, Cliff Chang versus 
Juan, Juan Ferreira. Ferreira. I'm going with Cliff Chang here, guys. I don't know if that's surprising or not uh, from what I basically said, because it was a weak matchup for me on the other end, you know, Sean Murphy or Juan Ferreira. So uh, just Cliff Chang, I have more of a, more of a relationship with rating. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, Cliff Chang. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, like, you know where I'm going, so it's... No, I mean, no, even I would, I would pick Cliff Chang. I pick Raphael Albuquerque because I think he is amazing. Cliff Chang art is also amazing, but yeah, Cliff Chang. Greg Capullo or Bab Star? I didn't want to go first, <laughs> so that's no, why I mentioned it. I'm like, I got to get in front of this one. <laughs> this, this is tough because yeah, it's real tough. Greg Capullo, one of the best looking Batman books mm-hmm. consistently ever delivered. Bab Star is someone though that I would want to see on any other book. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I could have Greg Capullo on a book like The Flash. Yep. You know, maybe like someone like Green Lantern, like it could work. But I'm just like running through like any DC title. I, I think Babs Tower could. I think these guys. That character. I think like Greg Capullo and Babs Tower, it depends on the writer that's with them. Whatever writer is doing a book, mm-hmm. that's who you're going to want with them. And I think Babs Tar is someone who I would actually want to see on more books. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see her on Nightwing. I'd like to see her on Teen Titans. I'd like to see her on Daredevil. I mean, if she was a replacement for Somni on mm-hmm. on Daredevil with Wade, I think that would be awesome. I I actually would want to see Babs Tar doing just about anything. Yep, and that that's with that's the mind frame I was going with in this matchup too. I'm yeah. like, okay, that's what I was making. Greg Capullo, best Batman we can get, but is he the best? Y character we can get, yeah, like Z character we could get. No, but Babstar could give us some amazing different looks, I think. All right, so then Babstar versus Cliff Chang. So that that actually happened? That's, yeah, that's yeah. that's actually happening. That so was real. Wow. It's getting real here. Polo, what was it, like the last three years he won? Mm-hmm. So uh, this beer has a really nice cherry notes now. I don't yeah. know if you noticed it, but uh, yeah, it's it's there now. It's the, not, no longer that overly honey sweetness, just that rich uh, kind of cherry flavor now that it's so opened Paul. up more. Um, no, this, this this drink is amazing. Let me take another sip here. Mm, mm. I think for everything we just said about Babstar, mm-hmm. Cliff Chang is that times ten. I'd want to see Cliff Chang do anything, and I think he could do anything. Mm-hmm. You could put him on a horror book, and he's going to deliver. Yeah, just think about what he did with the mythology of the gods. Exactly. You know, Hades. He's going to capture that superior. He's going to capture four paper girls mm-hmm. yeah. and do it so that you're just going to be like, wow, this book is awesome. This I, book makes me feel I like think, I'm watching a, sh- a movie from the 80s starring kids. Like, it's I think Baptist could give us that book, too. I, I, I think so, too. And but it would be uh, it, no. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I think it would be a very different tone in the book too, though. Like that's really? the thing. Like, yeah, I, I think she's gonna deliver a little bit more brightness. Okay, yeah, yeah. While he would have it be a little bit more like edging on creepy. Mm-hmm. Okay, like they, they could both tell that story, but you would just like walk out of it like with a little bit different feel. And I think that's the strength of both of them. You, and you're talking about Paper Girls mm-hmm. with yes. it. All right, or like any book that you put them on. Like, I, I think so too, but. You're going to read a Wonder Woman book. Who do you want on that art? Well, I've gotten it. I know you. I know, Cliff but Chang. I could see Babs Tar doing that book well. But would but, she be able to deliver exactly what Cliff Chang delivered with that book and still make it 
work. Her own. And that's the thing. Like, I wouldn't want her to deliver just a, a, a photocopy of Cliff Chang's art. I would yeah, want her to deliver her, to her, her own. own. And the thing is, we've got to see her do... She hasn't even done her own character design. That character design was done by editorial, right? Uh, no, Cameron, Cameron Stewart. Stewart. Cameron Stewart. So that's the thing. I, we, have we seen her? That's a Babstar Wonder Woman. Yeah, I would want that. Hands down. Uh, Hands down. I'd want. To, I, I'd, I'd, I'd want that just book. Just did a Google search for Babstar Wonder Woman. I, I would want. Okay, yeah, and she it's, can it's do her like in a motorcycle jacket with like red mm-hmm. like shoulder pads, and, like a blue T-shirt on with a white star on it, and it's like she has. Like the silver rings, mm-hmm. like instead of like the bracelets. Like, yeah, it looks good. It's, it's good uh, I would want to. I want want. I want her to be on more books. I want her to do more character design. I want her out there. So I'm going to go with Babstar here versus Cliff Chang. Like Cliff Chang has been around for the past ten years. He's a little bit of a known commodity now, and he can do amazingly great character design work and some very inventive stuff. Also, Babstar's a cutie. Yeah, okay. I'm, cool. But uh, oh, Babstar's waiting. You're just you're not admitting it. I guess so. But Cliff Chang has t- taken time to talk to me, and we have him <laughs> on an interview, so that also carries weight. The guy seems really cool. Uh, he also knew uh, what does Canada have reserves of? Maple syrup. Maple syrup. Maple syrup. I, mean, I have to go with Cliff Chang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. I'm not, this is a tough spot to be in because. Yeah, it is. That's why you should just drink that I, beer. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. Boy, he's, he's cherry notes. Uh, no, like, they're two fantastic artists. Um, I think just maybe New Kid on the Block, Babstar, like, swooped in, took a, like, a book that had been middling and turned it into something mm-hmm. great. Much like Cliff Chang did with Wonder Woman are years you, ago. You know, this is this is Babstar year. Are you trying to lose, Paul? No, this is Babstar year. I don't think yeah. it, nobody's losing. No, yeah, but like, Cliff Chang is... She's, she's nope. fantastic. Like. Mm-hmm. So we're doing Babs? Yep. Hey, Babstar. Russell Dodderman versus Fiona Staples. Ooh. This is another... This is a tough... This is that's, probably my... That's mm, a good matchup. Like last, These two... These two matchups sucked. <laughs> They're just too close. They're too good. Like stylized and everything. Like they both have very nice yeah. round. Like Babstar and Cliff Chang have that nice angular economy of line. Russell Donovan and Fiona Staples both have that more rounded, more personal, more expressive kind of almost cartoony kind of look. And it really works for both of them. Yeah. Um. Man, and they both have the same kind of light, lighter pastel kind of color palettes. Ah. So, John, are you looking up artists right now? I'm looking at Fiona Staples. Okay. Uh, see, I don't read the Fiona Staples that you do, so I don't see her wild and out there stuff. I get to see Russell Dodderman's wild and out there stuff. That cover. Yeah. What cover is it from? It's from Saga. Oh, yeah. Okay, I don't read this. I don't read Saga. I don't pay attention to Saga. Russell Dodderman, I get to see his crazy stuff with that Asgardian, yeah, craziness that he does. Uh, you know, Staples is great on Archie, and I really, really love Archie right now. So, um, like it's from like a futures. Okay. I mean, that's Fiona Staples. What, mm-hmm. Which one was that? Sorry, it's like a Justice oh, cool. League three thousand thing, yeah. or mm-hmm. it's like a robot. 
Robin. Like, because I'm looking at her stuff from Archie and then the stuff from Saga, like, side by side here, and just, mm-hmm. it's so good on everything. Okay, yeah, no, I, man, I, it's good, it's good, I know, I know, I'm torn. I, I, I'm okay either way, guys. You guys decide. I, you I, guys sway me. I gotta go, Fiona. I, okay. There's something I absolutely love about her artwork. Okay. It just, everything about it just hits me. I would follow her on any book that she does. So, Chris, I, I relinquish you from the yeah. pain, and I shall say Fiona Staples as well. Okay, I will... I will say Russell Dollarman then, because I was just looking at the new background on my phone of the X-Men, and I'm just like, this is beautiful. <laughs> oh, Dollarman! So, Babstar or Fiona Staples, John? <laughs> you are going with Why Fiona Staples, right? I, I'm going to go Fiona Staples. I can't I can't not. I, I, as much as I like Babstar stuff, mm-hmm. Babstar is somebody who I would be interested in seeing the next thing she mm-hmm. does, and interesting in picking it up, yep. where Fiona Staples... You are picking I, it up. I am picking it up. I really squished you from the last time. You shall not get off this season this time, Chris. Uh, <laughs> I don't have enough beer to talk about. Um, <laughs> honestly, I think... No, I can't drink anymore. I have to be on a plane in like two hours. Um, this, this is hard. Mm-hmm. It's really tough. Um, I can see Fiona Staples being one of my all-time favorite comic book artists. Mm-hmm. Like Just everything that she can do. Babstar, I think, is fantastic as well. But yeah, I, I, next year might be her year if she gets on. You know, after this new fifty-two year or yeah. the fifty-two rebirth or DC rebirth. And hey, you know what? It's, look. it's always nice to be nominated. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful to get to the end of the DC. Hey, she bracket. won DC. You're as good as Scott Snyder in your field. Yeah. How do, how proud are you right now? But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Staples. Yep. Okay. I, I'm cool with uh, voting for Babstar uh, because you know they, she will always have a place here to come in and talk with uh, with Sarah Pacelli on on art and what makes artists so great. In fact, that would be a great episode where we could just you know have them record and us just sit here and listen. And just yeah. we should try talking to them <laughs> and fall in love. You know, that'd be great. Piano Staples. And Jason Aaron are our winners from the 2016 Big Cast Comic Book Creator Craze. Are, are we going to do the what books we would put them on? Uh, if we do, it would be not an episode, okay. just because we got a lot of stuff coming down the pipe here. We got uh, our movie bracket. We still have to do our March look back. Yeah, we um, have our greatest Marvel books. We still have the greatest Marvel arcs. Yeah, so, yeah. Two, the two parter. Right, well, let's pencil that in for just like a night episode if we get mm-hmm. a chance to like yeah. record something quick. Yep. So uh, look forward to that in the coming weeks. Uh, I've been Paul. I'm John. <laughs> I'll always be Chris. And hopefully uh, you'll like us. In the studio, Chris. Hey, came back again three weeks in a row. Uh, Teleporter. That te- and hopefully you like us enough that you'll rate and review us over on the iTunes. And uh, hey, thanks for listening.